1: Part two of our Building the Board Offensive Line Breakdowns. My name's Jacob Infante alongside Quentin Crisco, and we got a lot of offensive linemen to dig into. Uh, If you haven't already seen part one, you can feel free to check that out already on the Second City Gridiron YouTube channel or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, But we've got a lot more guys to get into. I mean, I think this is a really good offensive line class. So there are a lot of guys, especially – Looking at the centers, I mean, we have a handful of really good centers, I think, that we're going to talk about today that I think Bears fans especially are going to be interested in. Dude,
2: this is the deepest center class I can remember probably ever seeing, and I don't think it's just because I'm this close to it this year. Like, in past years, I remember thinking, like, there's got to be good center somewhere. Like, yeah. know, this year, it feels like every center I watch looks like, the, you know, they – if everything goes right for them, they could be pretty darn good you know
1: exactly yeah and i mean i could see like maybe 7 8 guys in this class that could realistically if all goes well develop into solid starters if not more yeah uh, so I'm, i i'm ready to just get into it uh, i'm excited We've got a, a lot of good guys to talk about today so uh the first guy i want to talk about joe Titman, the center from wisconsin and he's someone that Especially from Bears perspective, He's really uh, caught my eye, and he's really been a you know a very popular talking point among the Bears Twitter, Bears YouTube section. That's really interested in the draft. Uh, lengthy guy. He's for a center. He's taller. He's like six six, and he's got these long arms that are you know definitely impressive for his position, but. You're looking at someone who's also pretty athletically gifted. Uh, not only does he, has got solid, uh, you know, grip strength at the point of attack. And I think that overall his raw power is intriguing, even if he doesn't always fully unlock that because of, you know, I think his demeanor is just okay. He's not super nasty and he's a little bit high in his pads as you might expect for a taller lineman, but. He moves well. I like his lateral quickness. I think he accelerates well, uh, climbing to the second level. I think a short area burst is especially interesting. So he's someone – I know I've tweeted this. I know other people have tweeted this. Uh, Ethan Pocic is the name that comes to mind, the center from the Browns who just signed a contract extension there in Cleveland. I see a lot of similarities with him. In Titman from a size perspective, an athleticism perspective. He's someone I'm considering on day two, probably late round two, early round three, which is like perfect for the Bears in that range where they have it's like three picks within like 10, 15 selections, something crazy like that. So uh, I'm a big fan of Titman. So, Q, I'm curious uh, what your thoughts are on him.
2: Yeah, he's my top center in the class. I mean, I, I think his athletic traits, his upside is – he is the all-pro upside guy in this class, I think. He's not as polished as, as like JMS or even Whipler, I don't think. No. But you see his flashes on tape of that athleticism playing out. Him, you know, center poles out leading in front of the running back. And like, I mean, he's just he, – he's got some special athletic ability. And you don't see many three hundred pounders, especially from the center position, being able to move like he does, and especially not at six foot six. Like usually, when a guy is six foot six, he's kind of lumbering, right? It's like it's like it just takes him a long time to move in general, whether it's an arm or a leg or. But I mean, he's got that really impressive movement ability that I have a hard time saying that if he's on the board in the second round, you pass on him. You know, I mean, I'm not sure he'll get to the second round. But if he does, I mean, I'd love for him to be a Chicago Bear. And you know, his mullet's going to play in this city. It's like the mullet is automatically plus 10 strength (laughs) in Madden.
1: So, (laughs) no, people would fall in love with the mullet, honestly. Like, that's with that alone, he's tailor made for a Chicago market. I think Bears fans would love him.
2: Yeah. I mean, he's got a lot to, or not a lot, but there's development that still needs to take place. You know, his hands are, not really the cleanest um, tends to get his weight way too far out in front at times. Um, and the run, the, the grip and drive in run block is his ability to, to sustain the block and drive. Um, I thought could be better, which, you know, some of that comes down to the leverage. Like you said, when you're six foot six, it's, it's harder to win that, win the, uh, the point of attack like that, because you're just going to be higher. But ultimately, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a big fan
1: of this guy. No, 100%. And I think you're looking at a dude who, you know, like you said, he's, he might have the best upside at center in this class. Uh, and you mentioned this guy earlier, Luke Whipler out of Ohio State. Uh, and he, he's another guy that I'm high on in this class. Uh, you're comparing him to Tippman, and I think Whipler's the better player right now. I yeah. think he's, you know, more technically sound and – his weight distribution's better. Uh, I think, you know, he does a good job of, you know, bending at the knees, getting his weight underneath him. Uh, you know, footwork as a run blocker is very encouraging, even if he's not like the most explosive or physically gifted center in this class. I think he's got some solid lateral mobility and, he, you know, he's coordinated, which I think is pretty important. I don't think he's got a super high ceiling just because, you know, the arms are a little short. Uh, From a physical perspective, his size isn't amazing. He's strong, but he's not insanely strong. He's quick, but he's not insanely quick. Uh, and He doesn't have great length. So I think he's someone he will be a solid starter in the next level. Uh, Whether you have Whipler or Titman higher, I guess that depends on how much you value immediate playing ability because I think Whipler is going to be better right away. But I do think that Titman's the better long-term play. So Whipler's another guy I've got in that late round two, early round three range. If I'm Chicago, I think Titman's a better fit for this system. Uh, But Whipler, you know, does, there's some Ohio state overlap there uh, with Justin Fields. They didn't actually start together, but they were on the same team. So if you care about that at at all, uh, that's something, but, yeah, Whippler, I think, is a bit more polished in terms of, you know, hand usage, pad level, weight distribution, all that stuff. But, uh, you know, I just think he'll be a solid starter. Maybe not too much more than that, but uh, I don't think the floor is necessarily all that low either.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, Whippler was, I think, the first center I watched in this class. And I was, I was really impressed by the technical standpoint of his play. And I hadn't really, you know, seen anyone else to gauge it against yet so at first i got really high on him and then you know i went back and watched it later and noticed that there was a lot of there were a lot of combo blocks involved a lot of help like when he was left alone against nose tackles it felt like he was going to end up in the pocket um so that's really my worry with him. that anchor that size that ability to keep the defender out of his chest as a pass blocker um It's kind of surprising. He's a really thick looking dude. I was kind of surprised that his his anchor wasn't all that it looked like it should be, Um, which, you know, makes you wonder, is there some technical stuff there that he could clean up and really start? it, It all starts to click a little more. And he's another guy who I was really impressed by his movement traits. I thought he was at his best as a run blocker when he was getting out in space using his flexibility, using really strong understanding of angles and ways to cut guys off and hitting the spots that he's supposed to hit to uh, block up on the second level. I was really impressed with that. But ultimately, I just I, – my brain just keeps going back to like Josh Myers or like some of the other undersized Ohio State centers we've seen come out who are – they're fine,
1: yeah,
2: but they're not like dudes. You know, they're, they're not guys who you're like – that is a player I want early in the draft. They've ended up being guys like, yeah, they can start on your team, which there's nothing wrong with, but that's where my head just keeps going with Whipler. I just see that, that same kind of mold.
1: No, I mean, I think that's totally fair. And like over the course of, you know, like, especially the last month or so uh, I've started getting higher on Titman than what I've been on Whipler. I finally, like actually after I've released my draft guide and with like my final, uh, rankings or whatever uh, i put titman ahead of Whippler and uh you'd be interested this is a guy we've already talked about but chandler Zavala was another dude that i went back and looked at and i realized okay i was way lower on him than i had any right to be uh so he's a his guy he's kind
2: of weird his tape's kind of weird
1: yeah no no for sure i mean i think Zavala, like he's not I would. I still don't have like a day two grade on him, but I went from like a later round, a later day three to an early day three, like round four. I think yeah. really good value for him. I but. think that's about where
2: I've got him too.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, and I think that's totally fair. Uh, he, he's the guy we talked about at length uh, in our last episode. Uh, there's a center that you know a lot of bears have been talked, a lot of bears fans have been talking about recently. That's Juice Scruggs out of Penn state. So it's a guy who I think it was, it was pro football network. It was Tony Pauline, I think, was the one who reported it where he said like, he'd be surprised if Scruggs fell past the, uh, the bears fourth round pick that they have. Uh, And, you know, juice is a guy that I've, you know, I actually had the pleasure of being able to interview recent uh, fairly recently. It was before the senior bowl. Uh, around that time but still there's a lot of uh, you know there's been a lot of hype about him recently Uh, very in an interesting story so in 2019 he had a broken back uh, that he suffered in a car accident which you know saw him miss the entirety of the season 2020 he came back won the Tim Shaw Thrive Award uh, which was given to a Penn State football player who's overcome adversities and has been an inspiration to his teammates and 2022 he got named team captain so you know that's i think that speaks a lot about from a character perspective uh, it seems like he checks a lot of boxes there i think that juice does a, has a pretty good understanding of how to use his hands from what i've seen with from the placement and the timing that he has behind his strikes uh you know good hand activity if he doesn't land his strike you know, accordingly. On the first go around, he'll keep fighting at the point of attack to try and get that leverage. Uh, solid grip strength. I don't think he generates a ton of drive in his lower half as a run blocker, but I think that the upper body's shown some flashes. Uh, pad levels above average. I, I I just don't know exactly how high of a ceiling he has, just because the strength again, decent, not necessarily amazing doesn't have a super nasty demeanor and he's a polished blocker, but his lateral mobility isn't all that great, at least from what I've seen. So he's someone I'm a little bit lower on than Titman or Whipler, but I could see, uh, I don't know about early round four, like the, you know, the reports have speculated. I think that's a little high for him, but late round four, early round five, I think that's pretty reasonable. So uh, Q, I'm curious where you have Scruggs and what your thoughts are on him. Yeah. So,
2: I mean, uh, uh, what I noticed about Scruggs was first thing, you know, with every prospect I look at is, you know, where have they played? Yeah. And he has played right guard, a little bit of left guard and center. And by a little bit, I mean a little bit of left guard, not enough to really say this guy can go play left guard for you. Mm-hmm. But um, so I still like that positional versatility, the ability to play both sides potentially, and at least be able to, to play guard and center because, me, I mean, I have a fifth-round grade on Scruggs, so I'm looking at him as a backup more than anything or like a swing guy. And in a swing guy, that's what I want. You know, I want a guy who can plug in at center, plug in at either guard spot when I need them to and just be solid enough to get by. Um, yeah. And that That's – that. I mean, i that's what I see with him. He's a, he's a smart player, high football IQ. He was making the calls for Penn State from what I could tell at least. Um, yeah. Adjusting for blitzes, stunts—you could tell he was processing them quickly and well too. The way the way that his head was reacting, my issue was his feet weren't reacting. Um, They're were just kind of stuck in the mud. So that that was really my worry with him that he that that reactive quickness just wasn't quite there. Um, he's solid anchor. I don't think there's anyone who's going to bowl over him. You know, I mean, he's he's plenty strong. Like you, you mentioned his play demeanor, it's, it, the guy is not a tone setter out there, but he's he's hard to, hard to run through. So he's a guy who I think definitely has value on an NFL roster. I'm just not sure he's a guy that I'm counting on to start or really play in the first few years of his career.
1: No, I think that's valid for sure. Uh, he's someone like I don't have an immediate starting grade on him, but he's someone I think down the line he could develop into a solid starter, but... Uh, at that point, if you're taking Scruggs in round four compared to Tippmann or Whipler in round two, I'd probably just go with the round two guys. Yeah. I think that's about fair. Uh, I think it's it, it like to think of them as a,
2: as like a fallback option if you don't get Whipler, Tippmann, or JMS. Like there's that – there's a little bit in between the two, I think. But yeah. like you're not going to go chase those guys. But you, you can probably know you can get Scruggs in the late fourth round, if you want him. it's kind of the way that I'm thinking of it.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's valid. And uh, I'll admit, if that was the early round four pick, I'd be kind of meh on it. I know they've got the other fourth round pick from the Robert Quinn trade from Philadelphia, which is like the near the end of round four. I'd be okay with that. I like, I'd support that. I'd totally get it. Uh, but yeah, I agree. He's more of a, you know, a fallback option for the bears at least. And you know, there's a guy, another center or the last of our centers, which, you know, the fact that we've been talking about, you know, this many centers in this episode alone and, you know, the, all the other guys we talked about in the first one, uh, I think that says a lot about the depth of this class at that position, but, uh, Ricky Stromberg out of Arkansas, he's someone who, you know, he's been on my radar as an NFL draft prospect for Since 2021, I think, I want to say that's when I first started watching his tape. And then, you know, 2022 is, you know, like leading up to the 2021 season, I should say. But either way, I mean, he's someone who's, you know, has plenty of starting experience at the SEC level against some of the top guys in the nation. Uh, You know, he's a center. I think he's going to play center at the next level, but he's got some starting experience at both guard spots, which... You know, like you mentioned with Scruggs, it's nice to have that a little bit of additional versatility with him. Uh, I think he's a powerful blocker. I think he's a dude who just, you know, he's got a bit of an edge to him. Uh, I think he, you know, lands his strikes pretty well. He's got solid uh, timing and placement with good overall power at the line of scrimmage. Uh, And I think he's got a strong enough anchor that he can neutralize, you know, speed to power conversions along the interior. And I think you're looking at someone who can lock out defenders from his frame, even if he's not like the biggest guy out there. Like he's got good size. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I think he's got some solid power to his game. The athleticism, at least on tape, is where I'm a bit concerned with him. I think that he's just, you know, pretty limited from a mobility perspective, from an acceleration perspective. And I know he jumped out of the gym at the combine, but his – uh the runs that he had in terms of his 40 yard dash and his 10 yard split, his 10 yard split, especially uh, those were a little bit below average. And I think the agility, when you watch on tape, it's not all that great either. So he's someone, you know, day three, probably like round five, round six. I think the tape with him is pretty good. I think he's powerful. I think he's, you know, fairly technically sound, even if he's not like insanely athletically gifted or anything, but I think he's got some good versatility. I think he's got good experience. He's you know a smart player. I think he'll stick around the league for a while. I don't know if he's going to be a starter for a long time in the league, but I think that he'll be on a roster for a while, which, you know, that alone I think has some sort of value.
2: Yeah. I mean, I – so first of all, I guess I should say, one of the reasons I included him or wanted to include him on this today is because he has a top 30 visit with the Bears. Yeah. And – I have this tinfoil hat theory that Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus really like guys who are Bears fans, <laughs> which sounds like yeah. it sounds like stupid. Like, the, like why? Like they they don't care about that, but like I think they kind of do. Like you look at some of the guys that they've brought in and drafted over the last year and change, and a lot of there's a lot of Chicago Bears fans they brought into the building. Um, yeah. Which, especially from a drafting standpoint, I can kind of understand. Like you hear guys like Alex Brown talk about the loyalty that they had to the Bears because they were the team that drafted him, and I can only imagine that doubles when it's the team that you grew up rooting for, and it's the Chicago Bears. Like, yeah, not that the Bears are some prestigious fran- like franchise recently, but historically they are. You know, and there there is. A rabid fan base around it and not trying to pull from that, I think is kind of foolish not try to pull from that loyalty. Just a little bit. I'm not saying yeah. it's like a huge factor, but I do think it is a little one. I think Stromberg might end up being their top fallback option after the first the the second round centers. Um I really I've he is a polarizing prospect. I have seen grades on him from second round to sixth round. Like it is everywhere in between. Yeah, I have a fourth round grade on him. Um, I thought he was a fine athlete. I didn't think there was anything special there, but yeah. I thought he was like athletic enough that he should be okay. And guy, another guy who made the line calls at Arkansas, very – and maybe it's not that he was – maybe he is a little bit below average athletically, but I just thought he was very instinctive. He – he really reminds me of another prospect that we talked about in the first show, Nick broker. Yeah. Just, I, there was nothing I could really knock him for. He was just always doing his job and guys who can play a little bit of guard or, or center and are always doing their job. Sound like great interior offensive lineman to me.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that especially when you have a guy with center experience, you know, you could play him at guard. I think that, This is just my opinion because I never played offensive line. Uh, So, well, I feel like once you have that center experience, it's a bit easier to kick out to guard than it is for a guard to kick out to center.
2: Yeah, I think as long as you have sufficient size and length to do it, you know. I mean, I think that's – there's some pre-qualifiers there. Like Jarrett Patterson was just not big enough, you know. Like I think it really – made him struggle at guard, but like a guy like Stromberg, I mean, 33 and a quarter inch arms, like that, that's plenty of length to go play guard 306, six foot three. Like, yeah, I I think he can, and he's, he's thickly built too. It's not, he's not, I don't think he's as skinny as a guy like Patterson was.
1: Yeah, no, he's got some good build to him, you you know, like that squatty kind of frame, he's you know, encouraging for him at the next level. So I, I think that's about fair. Uh, like for reference, I mentioned fifth, sixth round for him. That's where I think he goes. I do, I have a fifth round grade on him. So you, you are a little bit higher on him than I am, but, uh, you know, I definitely see why you have him there. You know, I think that he's he's, just a rock solid player, man. You know, I think that's such a, you know, a big part of it. And I think he'll, I think he'll be a good player at the next level. It's just a matter of how, how much upside, how much potential for growth really is there to work with.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think on the top end, he is a good starter, you know, a starter to a good starter, but that's like, if, if everything goes right for him, you know?
1: Yeah, no, 100%. And the next guy that uh, we've got on our list here is, so this is an interesting thing. So this is a prospect who you look at top four offensive lineman comparisons from an athletic profile perspective for this, this guy on here <laughs> it's Joel Batonio who's had a you know a very successful career with the Browns Ali Marpet who had a very successful career with Tampa before he retired Connor McGovern who's stayed in the league for quite some time and Rashawn Slater who's a pro bowler you know a bit of an outlier at tackle but still very you know tremendous career so far so those four guys those are the top four comparisons for him purely athleticism perspective that's John Gaines the second out of UCLA and I'll, I'll let you start on him because I mean simply put this is a guy who just killed it at the combine
2: I have no idea where anyone else has him going I threw on his tape some Wednesday night when I was like I need to some draft prospects, but I'm like I'm tired, but I need to. I was like, this guy works. And I, I instantly woke up as I started watching him. So I was like, oh, does anyone know about this guy? He is just, <laughs> he is fast. He is explosive. He is agile and he's 300 pounds. Like this guy can move. Yeah. I mean, he's not he's not polished, but he can move. Like th- that UCLA offense was utterly awesome on the ground yeah and he was a big reason why the amount of home run blocks i saw him hit in the two games i watched whether they actually turned into home run plays or not it was just like he was consistently hitting second level blocks on far reaches it was just like no wonder they're doing so well running the football (laughs) i i'm a i'm really excited about the potential that john games brings to to any football team he goes to um like I said, there's a lot of work. His hands are a work in progress. He, he's slow to throw them a lot of the times. It's not because his hands are physically slow. It's processing, I think. It, it, it's muscle memory. It's, it's just figuring it all out. And I don't even know that much about his football background either. Um, but he strikes me as a guy who probably hasn't played football all that long because it just doesn't seem as natural to him. But when he's when he's got it all working together – it's impressive. It is very impressive. Um, and he—he's not your prototypical like brawler guard. Like he, you know, he's not going to go beat everybody up and and put everyone put their face in the dirt and all that. But that's not really what the Bears do either they're running game. Like obviously, you always want to do that, but like I think they take athleticism higher than the the. the um the brawler type of guard yeah and he is an athlete to boot
1: no absolutely i mean i i'll admit like i thought he was a good athlete on tape but even i was a little bit surprised exactly just how much he dominated the combine i mean you're looking at you know over 90th percentile in (laughs) everything really uh, shuttle is faster than some
2: wide receivers. Like <laughs>
1: Exactly. Like 20 yard shuttle, three cone drill, broad jump, vert, 40 yard dash, all above 90, 90th percentile. 10 yard split was 88th. I mean, it's just absurd stuff. And he finished, like in total as an athletic profile, his RAS was 9.95, which that just means you're a 99th percentile athlete at your position, which is just insane. Uh, I agree. I think from a technical perspective, uh, just overall awareness and, you know, just how he uses his body. I think he's a bit of a work in progress Uh, and he's got all these athletic tools, but sometimes, you know, you get him on the move. I think his balance isn't all that great, which can kind of uh, hurt things for him, but. Yeah. He really lunges
2: on the, on pole blocks. I noticed that.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that, when he gets his hands properly timed and placed, I think, you know, there's some really intriguing flashes. But again, like you mentioned, there's some lunges, there's the weight distribution's got some issues. But, you know, I mean, you're looking at a three year starter who's played, you know, guard, tackle, center. Uh, he, he's really just a, you know, a quality prospect. He's someone that uh, I take around, you know, I take like early day three. I think he might go like the fourth round. I've got a fifth round grade on him off of tape just because I think he's more of a developmental guy. But I think when you test that well and you've got that good of tools, I think teams are going to take notice. And I wouldn't be shocked if he goes a little bit higher than where I've got him graded.
2: Yeah. I've got a late fourth round grade on him, which is actually probably more like a fifth. Yeah. Because I think I have too many guys like, in that rate, like the, my grades have, he's 98th on my big board right now. And I still have 50 guys to watch 60 guys to watch something like that. So he's probably going to be somewhere around like 110 to 120, I would think.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's totally valid. Honestly. Like I've got him. I know he's in my top 200. I don't know exactly where he is. uh, But I think that's, it's about fine for him. I feel like.
2: Yeah. I mean it's I just think that athletic upside is something like you you see some of the stats out there about like you bet on athletes. Yeah. But once you're once you're it like past the like early fourth round probably, just I'm all for just betting on athletes. And especially on the offensive line, fourth, fifth, sixth round picks of just gambling on athletic upside, I'm all for it.
1: No, nah, I mean, I think that's totally valid, honestly. You're just looking at who can we develop to potentially outdo this draft positioning we have? Because, I mean, sure, you can get a sixth, seventh rounder or something, and he'll, he'll be like a decent special teamer. But why not take a shot on someone who's you know doesn't really know exactly what they're doing yet but has so much room to grow, has so much in the way of athleticism, length, play strength, stuff like that, uh, and I think Gaines is definitely one of those toolsy prospects, so... Uh, another guy that we want to dig into, another guard prospect, Spencer Anderson out of Maryland. And, you know, he's another guy. We keep talking about this versatility. He's got starting experience, right guard, right tackle, center, left tackle. I mean, I'm sure he can play left guard too. But he's, you know, a three-year starter at the collegiate level. I think he uses his hands pretty well. Uh, he's got a nice, thick build. He's just, a, you know, a strongly built guy. Listed at 6'5", 320. I don't think he was at the combine. So he was a uh, six four three oh three at the combine.
2: Oh, he, oh, wait, well. no, that's Gaines. I'm sorry, that's John Gaines. I still like okay, that
1: hold up. no, I gotcha. Because I was gonna say, like, I was, I thought he'd be a little bit heavier than that, but no. Uh, I think he uses his upper body well. I think he's got some nice waist bend, even if his knees and ankle flexion, I don't think, is all that great. Uh, not good raw power. And I think the versatility shows up. He seems to have some solid length to him. I don't have the numbers pulled up in front of me right now, but, uh, I think the power in the upper body is certainly intriguing. And once he gets his weight underneath him, when he has that moment, the ability to sink, uh, I think he's got some good anchor strength and the ability to unlock that as well. Don't know if he's a perfect scheme fit for the bears, uh, just purely because I think that at least watching him on tape, like he could end up, you know, having tested very well. And I'm not so sure about that. And he could just totally blow my expectations out of the water. Cause there were some dudes who did that at the combine this year or just in general. But I think that, you know, body control ability to block on a move is just okay. The direction changing ability and pass protection is just okay. Uh, he's someone I've got a little bit lower than the other guys, like around six, round seven, i uh, don't think he's like a high priority type of day three prospect but i think that he, he's someone who should get drafted and i think that he'll you know serve as a solid backup and someone who can really realistically play all five positions along the offensive line
2: um yeah so my opinion of him is shocker higher yeah <laughs> i feel like i'm higher <laughs> on everybody but um really it's Anyone who questions why I would be higher on this guy, I will t- I will say to them, go watch his Ohio State game from this last year. Like that, because I-, I watched two games. I watched Ohio State in 2022 and against Michigan in 2021. The Ohio State against 2022 game is one of the probably one of the best run blocking games I've ever seen from a guard. Yeah. As far as, like, early – I think it was the first quarter. They ran a play. He was playing right guard where he took, like, three steps like he was pulling left, pulled back around right in front of a screen,
1: Mm.
2: and hit, like, two downfield blocks. It was just – his movement abilities that I saw in that game were unreal. Now, the next game I watched, he could not hold up against Mozzie Smith. Mozzie Smith was just eating his lunch. So, like, it was very up and down, but it was just that athletic upside I saw in the Ohio State game is something I'm really interested in. Like, I just was saying about John Gaines, and he hasn't tested right; He wasn't at the Combine. I haven't seen his pro day numbers yet. Like, I might be wrong on it, but on tape, in that Ohio State game, I saw a guy who can move about as well as John Gaines. So I'm interested to see where his testing numbers come in. If they come in where I think they are, I'm suddenly much more interested. I've got like a fifth round grade on him right now, but I mean, that can go right up to about where John Gaines is. Cause I think they are very, very similar players.
1: No, that's interesting. Cause I, uh, I, I didn't watch the Maryland Ohio state game. So that's something I feel like I'm going to have to go back and look at again. Uh, I remember my first exposure of him was uh, against Purdue and I did. I wasn't necessarily wild with that. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to remember what other games I watched of him. Uh, I think it was like one more game, maybe that I watched. Like I haven't watched a ton of him. So
2: I mean, my uh, first note that I have written down here from that Ohio when I the second I put it on that Ohio State game, it was just wild wow mover on complex screen. Like, it was mm, just, like – you okay. it, it was, like, some Kyle Shanahan stuff. You just don't see linemen doing this. Yeah. It just, like, that whole game, it was just him getting out in space and opening up big runs. No, but, absolutely. like I said, the Michigan game was not that, you know? So, it, yeah. maybe it was just that game plan that allowed him to shine or maybe I just
1: was hallucinating. Who knows? But. <laughs> Yeah, so that's a uh, that's definitely something I feel like I'll have to go back and look at. Uh, I mean, if you you know whatever, because uh, when you go, you, you said like two games you watched. So yeah, like there are some instances where with some of these guys, uh, like I've only watched two games of him too. So yep. I, like I you know there are certainly prospects I've watched a lot more of. And there are prospects where like I've only watched one game of them, just simply to get some sort of exposure to them. Uh, but you know, I think that's interesting. It just goes to show, like maybe you're just watching some, you know, a different game and from game to game, there's kind of like that variation. So that'd be interesting to keep tabs on going forward.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think that's so
1: common on the offensive
2: line. Like, yeah. it, it, like I, I've seen through this whole process, I've seen games where a guy was graded at 85 by PFF and I thought it was his worst game of the season. And then like, vice versa, you know?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I know I mentioned players who, you know, I watch on tape and their athletic testing kind of, you know, surprises me. Uh, and that was Anthony Bradford, a uh, guard out of LSU. He's someone who, you know, blew my expectations out of the water. I mean, he, he was listed at six five three forty five 345 in college, uh, you know, measured six four three thirty two at with the combine. So, you know, did lose a bit of weight. He's still a heftier guy though. Uh, You know, solid arm length along the interior. Uh, He's got starting experience at left tackle. He's played right tackle. He started at both guard spots. Again, that versatility, I think is big, strong anchor dude. And I, it, it's very interesting because I thought he's just, you know, he's a gap type guard. He's someone who can, Clear running lanes. I think he's someone who can just dominate at the point of attack. But when you ask him to move a lot, you don't see too great uh, agility or body control. And then he goes and puts together one of the top performances of any offensive lineman at the combine. Like you're looking at a 332-pound guy who ran what, like a 508 40-yard dash with the 174 10-yard split. I mean that that surprised me. And I remember watching that, and I was like, wait, did he, did he just run what I? Th- thought he run. And it was, you know, that was definitely eye opening to me. I haven't been able to go back and, you know, watch a bit more of him. Like I've watched him, uh, against Alabama. I remember that was the first game I watched and, uh, I wasn't super blown away by him athletically, but you know, if he's testing super well, and he's that, you know, at that weight, he's, you know, lost even more weight than where he was listed at. Uh, if he can be a big guy who can move a bit, you know, that's very valuable, like especially in like a, a straight line perspective or like from a diagonal where you're not changing direction a whole lot. Uh, I think there's certainly value in that. So he's someone probably like definitely day three. Uh, I think that, the you know, the tape he's doesn't always have the best control over his body, but uh, like around five, round six, I think it'd be pretty good value for him.
2: Yeah, I've I saw the same thing. I mean, massive wide frame, just top notch power. Um, bit of a finishing mentality. As I've written that, he's a freight train in, yeah, it's like he's just just gonna run you over, and there's not a lot you can do about it if you're in his way. Um, that's the thing though, if you get out of his way and he wants to block you, there's not a ton I thought he could do about it. Like, he it, it. Really struggled to square up his hips on guys when they moved really a little bit left, a little bit right. It was easy to kind of shift out of his uh, his range and go make a play on the football. Um, and yeah, I just watched him last week. And my, my note here on weaknesses is overall speed, explosiveness, and change of direction appear limited on tape does not match testing. Like yeah. I was shocked when I saw that. his Raz score. Um some other things I thought really strong grip. He's really able to freeze opponents with his punch and it just the ability to absorb power. Like there were times where blitzes were a blitzer was coming into him full speed and it looked like they just hit a brick wall. Like I mean, he just has that type of strength, that type of power in his body, uh to just absorb all everything that's coming at him and just not really be affected. Um, but I'm a little worried about his awareness against deep defensive line games. Notice him struggling against some stunts, some simulated pressures um, in one of the ge- in the ge- one of the games I watched for him it was like the D coordinator caught on started throwing a lot at him and it just it kind of was snowballing a little bit. So that's just one thing that I, I thought was worth paying some attention to. Um And I'm right there with you. I, I have a fifth to six round grade on him somewhere around there.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm interested in seeing what teams think about the testing, if that really changes their evaluation on him. Cause it's so night and day compared to like what you see from him on tape. Yeah. So it'll definitely be interesting. Uh, we can move to tackle here. There's a guy that we didn't talk about in the first group that honestly kind of fits it wasn't like our top 10 tackles in order, but a lot of them were kind of top prospects. This guy kind of fits the vibe, but he didn't. uh, I'm a little bit surprised that we didn't talk about him the first time around. That's Anton. It was either him
2: or sorry. It was either him or Wanya Morris. And you know,
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Bears fans love them some Wanya Morris. So, uh, I mean, I can't blame them for that, but. Yeah. Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma. So I know you're, you know, Q, you're a big 12 guy. So I'll let you kick off things on him if you want, but uh, I think there's a lot to like here with Harrison for sure.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just a pro typical frame. He's a a little light probably needs to add a little more mass, but like he will, I I don't think there's any real worry about that. Um, He's got length. 34 and an eighth inch arms and just room to continue to grow. And he's already pretty good. Like he, he has some really good movement abilities and space. Um, I really like his demeanor. He's very patient, very calm all the time out there. Uh, plays with quick feet. Um, and really, so what one of the big things I watch for tackles is, you know, how's their inside shoulder, Right. Are they getting too wide? If they're getting too wide, do they have the ability to recover? And he really just he always plays inside out because he knows he has the athleticism to get out when he yeah. needs to, which is just I mean, that is a huge thing for an offensive tackle. Just know that they have that in their toolbox when they need it, because then they can just be constantly protecting inside and mirror back outside. It's just it it really uh, really gifted thing to be able to do. Um Needs to bring his pad level down, bend his knees more, um, cost some leverage and cost some reps, and then a lot of penalties over the last two years. Uh, and I didn't see a lot on tape of him going against true like speed rushers from a nine tech, which is when I did see it, it was a bit more of a struggle because he was probably forced out of playing that that inside out a bit more and just forward to him. I think he'll figure that out. Like, I think he's a high floor guy. He, and most likely he's going to be a pretty good tackle in the NFL. Um, I don't know if you're looking at like a future all pro or anything, but I just think he has the tools to be a a good football player.
1: That's valid, honestly. I think you summed him up perfectly. I think I share a lot of the same strengths and weaknesses. Uh, from a weakness perspective, I agree the pad level, the knee bend, I think that's an area he needs to improve. And I think he should. Uh, add a little bit more bulk to his frame particularly in his uh anchor i'd like to see a little bit more but uh, i think you bring up a really good point about working inside out that he knows that he's athletic he knows he's got that that burst in his kick slide he's got the lateral agility he's got the footwork where you know he can afford to play inside a little bit and if the edge rusher you know kicks out a bit more outside than he was expecting he can make up for that and you know, he tested well at the combine. And I think you watch him on tape. He's one of the best athletes at offensive tackle in this class, really. Uh needs someone I think you're you're looking at maybe around one guy. Uh, I think early round two, you know, that that's the grade that I have him on him right now. And wouldn't it all be upset if a team took him round one? Cause, you know, I definitely see the value in that. Uh, definitely his tools to develop, I think, into a quality starter. And I think again. I agree with you. The floor is a bit higher than I think some people give him credit for. So I'm interested in seeing where he ends up. I think there's some scheme versatility. Uh, zone's probably the best fit for him. Maybe like a wide zone. I think he could, you know, play really well. But I think you can draft him just about anywhere, and he'll he'll be a solid starter at the next level.
2: Yeah, yeah. I got mid-second round on him. So and like you said, if there's a run on tackles, I he's still private value in the, in the late first. If I'm being completely honest, I have a mid-second round grade on him just because it's not as polished as I'd like. But, like, there's a lot of tackles in this class. There's a lot to compete with. So it probably pushes him down my board a little, just the fact that there's five guys that I like more than him. It's not a question of how good he is. It's just that I think those guys are really, really
1: good. No, no, absolutely. I mean it's it's a good offensive line class which I mean that's good if you're a team like the Bears who needs offensive linemen or literally just for any team because I don't think you can have too many good offensive linemen like realistically and that's yeah. just a team a position where you can just keep adding talent and you know you'll be better off for it really. So there's a guy that uh you I know you wanted to talk about uh Like especially like as we were planning this, you know, later on in the process, uh, Carter Warren out of Pittsburgh, and I'm kind of I'm I'm happy that you brought him up because he's someone I haven't heard a ton of hype about from you know outside perspective, and I think maybe that's a good thing from an evaluation perspective because you don't really come in with a set narrative of okay, this is what other people think about him. I'm gonna have that in the back of my mind when I'm doing my evaluation on him. So. Carter Warren's a dude who, you know, he's got some of the longest arms just in this class. You're looking at, you know, 35 and three eighths inches at offensive tackle and, uh, you know, more than fits the threshold that you're looking for at the position. Uh, and I think you're looking at good physical tools there. Uh, obviously the length, but also I think he's a pretty mobile guy for his size. Like he's got good size, but it's the length that really stands out with him. I think he, you know, changes direction pretty well, uh, especially once he knows what he's doing and once he can accurately process what's in front of him. Uh he's got good play speed, you know, the pass protection. I think I remember watching uh Kenny Pickett leading up to last year's draft and I'm like, "Oh, this, you know, this left tackle is pretty good. You know, he can move and he was pl- doing a doing a heck of a job, you know, protecting for Pickett uh and 2022 I saw, you know, a bit of the same uh, good raw power. I think, you know, he packs a nice punch at the point of attack and that combination of power and quickness should be intriguing to teams. Uh, I just think that from a pad level perspective, from a processing perspective, he's a work in progress, uh, you know, a little late to diagnose like stunts and delayed blitzes and stuff like that. So, and also, you know, a bit, he's a bit high in his weight distribution. You know, he doesn't have like a set low anchor to him. But I think he's a good prospect, someone to de- worth developing like in the fourth or fifth round, really. Uh, you take a shot on him, you're not really expecting him to contribute much as a rookie. But down the line, sure, I mean, I could see him developing into a starter. It's just a matter of is he going to land at the right place that's going to you know, necessarily teach him out of some of these bad habits that he has, and is he going to be able to – you know, really apply that and maximize that physical talent that he has.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think you hit a lot of the nail on the head there. It's the first thing I noticed watching this guy was how active his feet are, which I love because I, to, to me, active feet means a guy who is putting in the effort constantly. That's not natural, you know? When, you, yeah. when you're not moving that far, it's just not natural to take small, efficient steps like that to, to always stay grounded. So that, to me, screams a guy who wants to be the best that he can be. Um, and like you said, long arms. He has a bit of a mean streak, which I liked. Yeah, And I thought that I thought he would. And this is weird. I thought he was at his best when putting true pass sets now. Which wasn't a lot l- last year. I didn't watch the the tape with Pickett from 21, but in 22, Pitt ran a lot of play action, a lot of screens, but I thought his most impressive reps, I kept jotting down his most impressive reps, they, they were true drop-back pass sets. That is where he's at his best, and that's the hardest thing to find, right? Like I, I think that that is impressive in his own right. Um, but there's plenty to clean up. Yeah, his his grip strength on the second level. Maybe maybe it's more his hips, but it, it just hitting that second level and being able to drive someone was pretty consistent issue. Um, I just generally wasn't very impressed with his run blocking, which I was surprised by because I really liked his anchor ability in pass in, in pass pro. It was like there were times where he was anchoring down on a guy with one arm on him. It was like okay, this guy's strong. He's gonna blow someone up in the run game, and then it just kind of never never came to happen. Um, so I think there's a lot to clean up with that, with getting his hips on the target, with you know slowing down a little bit in the run game to make sure he's hit it, like just mentally slowing down a little bit in the run game. I just felt like he was rushing a lot of the times. Um, and I don't think he's the most fluid athlete. Um, I think he might always need a little guard help on his inside shoulder, but that's something you can probably live with.
1: Yeah. No, absolutely. And I think for like a day three guy uh, or, you know, maybe even like late day two, uh, that's fair. It's totally valid to have, you know, maybe needs a little help around him, but uh, can still hold his own. Like, I think that's solid value there. Uh, There's another, there's an offensive tackle. I get this guy with confused with Carter Warren a lot for like, I don't know why. I mean, they're both C, C first names, uh but other than that, I don't know why else I get him confused, but uh, Connor Galvin out of Baylor, the tackle is from a proportional perspective, one of the weirdest prospects in this class because he's he's just a hair under six, seven. So he measured six, six, and three fourths, but 293 pounds, which is second percentile for an offensive tackle. 32 and three eighths arm length, which is 5% fifth five fifth percentile for an offensive tackle and nine inches hand size on the dot, which is first percentile. That's 1% who he's better than has bigger hands than, uh, and he didn't run super well at the combine. His explosiveness wasn't all that great. Bench press was very good. Vertical jump was good. Uh, I think that kind of, tracks with what I saw from him on tape. I think he's got good size. The length itself isn't great. Uh, but I think he, you know, packs a nice punch at the point of attack. I think he's got pretty good grip strength and a solid like sturdy anchor in pass protection, even though he's taller and his pad level isn't all that great. He's still got good natural strength. That's proportioned evenly in his frame. Uh, I think, you know, he's got, at least from what I saw, a decent amount of experience blocking on the move, uh, whether that's as a screen blocker or you know outside zone runs or they have him accelerating to the second level, whatever. Uh, and he's got some solid body control for his size, but I think in pass protection, the long speed isn't all that great. Uh, he'll need to add some more weight to his frame. He'll need to get some more flexibility in his lower half. And I, I, I wasn't necessarily blown away with – like from a nastiness perspective. uh, I think he's someone probably more of like a late day three type of guy, like a round six, round seven. Uh, If you want to kick him at guard, I wouldn't blame you at all. Honestly. Uh, I think, you know, you could do either or there really, but uh, I think he's, you know, he's a backup at the next level. I don't think he's like an amazing prospect by any means, but I I think that he'll – He'll stick around the league for a bit. It's just a matter of exactly how much of an impact is he going to have.
2: Yeah, I mean, so I got excited, really excited when I was first watching Galvin because I saw a guy who was just – Baylor did some creative stuff with him. Yeah. Like, they really like to get him out on the move to – put him in space, lead blocking, blocking screens like that. There was just a lot of interesting stuff that they did with him and he was nailing it. You know, he, he, he was yeah. hitting his spots, hitting, hitting his marks and doing what he was supposed to do. And it was something you just don't see many tackles doing oh. period. Um, So I was disappointed in his testing numbers though. Like I thought he was going to test pretty well after seeing that, that, it must be body control and just technique that he played with because I was surprised how poor his testing ended up being. And his lack of length surprised me a little bit too. Yeah. Um, I knew that his length prior wasn't great because Will McDonald kind of ate his lunch and, yeah. you know, Will McDonald wins with great length and speed. Um, but I don't know. There's just, he was so unique, such, such a different player that I just, he, he stood out to me a lot, Connor Gallagher. And so I'm, I'm interested in him. I know he's probably limited. I know that he he's probably not going to be a starter at the next level. Cause I mean, it's one of those times where you just wish the guy was like two, three inches shorter. I think he would be a pretty good pass protecting guard, but like yeah. he's probably just a little too uh, high cut to play on the interior. And, I just I really like the technique that he plays with, and I mean his pad level gets tall. He's six foot seven. You know, yeah, there aren't many guys whose pad level was good at six foot seven. Yeah. but he just everything felt so smooth with him. It never felt like he was in that much of trouble, which was just is interesting seeing his testing numbers. I mean, maybe I just misread it, but his testing numbers and his length are not what I thought I saw.
1: In yeah. Chief. Yeah. No, honestly, I mean that's that's fair. I I was expecting a little bit better from him from an athleticism perspective. Uh mm-hmm. I didn't see like an amazing athlete by any means, but I was still expecting like, you know, something decent even if it was like middle of the road, but yeah, finishing below average uh, it's a little uh a little underwhelming. Uh as I say, I've got the doorbell ringing. So, I'll <laughs> I'll let you start with our last guy, Asim Richards, uh, while I go on mute here and I figure out this situation, and then I'll join you back over here for our last guy.
2: Yeah, so we'll go ahead and jump in on Asim Richards, a North Carolina Uh, left tackle, a little bit of exposure to the left guard and right tackle, but mostly a left tackle. Um, Guy who actually reminds me quite a bit of Carter Warren. Like, I thought it it was similar, just very – I thought he was a very natural pass protector and really good body control, a little bit bendy at offensive tackle, which you always like to see. Um, And where he probably differentiated a little bit from Carter Warren was I thought he had a really strong grip and really latched well. It was was almost like sometimes in pass pro, it seemed like he just latched and held – and like the guy might take him a few steps over, but the guy just couldn't get it get out of his grip. Um, which was and not held in a bad way. Like, I mean, he was clean, but it was just a bit different of a tactic than you usually see, where it was like, if you got if you're gonna get there, you're gonna drag me with you. <laughs> like, um, so I really liked what I saw from him on tape in Pass Pro. Um, there were moments where he had like you know, brain farts and there's probably some stuff to clean up there with processing. And uh, I didn't love his run blocking. And I, That's probably putting it lightly. Uh, I thought he could do a lot more as a run blocker to kind of dictate the game and what what dictate the defender and their direction. And it, it felt like sometimes he was just more focused on just getting in the way than anything as a run blocker. Um, and he's another guy who I just – I don't, I haven't looked up his background yet. I wouldn't be surprised if he hasn't played football very long. It just seemed like he's, he's still figuring the football part out, but he's really gifted for it.
1: Yeah. So from what I caught uh, (laughs) last little bit there. uh, Yeah. So I think that he's someone I have projecting inside. Uh, Like he's got enough length to stay at tackle. Uh, but I just think that, you know, athletically he might be a better fit at guard. Uh, I see, you know, like I see a strong anchor. I see someone who's, you know, got some, you know, good grip strength that allows him to really, you know, lock out defenders from his frame and uh, his footwork. Uh, I- I've seen some flashes uh, from, you know, his lateral movement, even if his change of direction isn't great. I think in his kick slide, he's got some, uh, you know, a nice base to him. Uh You know, good, like I said, good arm length. He's a guy, you know, 34 inch arms. So, you know, that's more than enough to stay at tackle. So I think that'll help him out from a versatility perspective. Uh, But yeah, no, I I see a lot of the mental mistakes too. So someone who's, uh, you know, good power, I think, you know, a nice base to him. He's going to have some nice versatility, I think. Uh, But yeah, I think he's more of a day three type of guy. And yeah, yeah.
2: And and I've written down here, just doesn't know how to do his job. Sometimes, like it, it just felt like he just didn't know. He knew what he was supposed to do, but he didn't know how to do it.
1: Yeah, no, I think truthfully that's fair, and I think that you know it sums it up well with him. Like there, there's he's gifted. He's a you know a strong football player, but uh, I just think sometimes he you know looks kind of lost out there. And I know there's one more guy. Uh, that I realized that you wanted to add that we forgot to touch. We didn't talk about Braden Daniels out of Utah. Yeah, so that's uh, that I was that was the last guy that we wanted to talk about. So, Braden Daniels, uh, you're looking at a dude who's uh, he'll be a he's a four year starter at the collegiate level. So he's got uh, tackle experience at both spots. He's got uh, left guard experience as well, I believe, uh, and. I see I see good overall mobility with him. I see someone who, you know, at the combine, I was impressed with how he tested. I mean, he's a smaller guy. He's like 294, so you expect a guy who's a bit smaller in terms of weight to run well and to measure well from an agility and speed perspective. And he was well above average in all the agility, explosion, and speed drills, which, you know, I thought was very uh, impressive there are sometimes kind of like a seam Richards. I don't necessarily know if he knows what he's doing all the time. Uh, I see, you know, very good just coordination moving around. Uh, he's got a good overall. Uh, he's a good body control, good short area burst, and you know changes direction well in pass pro. But not like, not super nasty. Really, he doesn't have elite power in his game. Uh, I think the pad level he tends to pop a bit upright sometimes, which you know, that can hurt his anchor strength even more so than, you know, cause he's not this 330 pound stone wall who can, you know, hold up his own in the point of attack consistently. You know, he's a bit lighter, so he'll get pushed around a bit when, you know, teams try to run power against him, you know, defenders with a nice bull rush or something or a long arm. Uh, I think he might struggle with that a bit at the next level. Definitely tools to work with I think he's versatile I think he can thrive in a wide zone situation uh, more of like a you know round four round kind of maybe round five type of guy uh, I just think that it's a matter of you know adding a little bit more bulk to his frame getting a little bit more nasty and you know just being more sh- like sure of what he's doing because he can sometimes be too late to really process what's going on in front of him and you know you turn on the tape that can come back to bite him sometimes.
2: Yeah, I mean, so I think he's a guy who you're going to definitely be moving inside. Yeah, um, It's just a question of where. Because, like, I'm not sure that his pass protection is all that much better being an undersized guard than an undersized tackle. And I'm not sure that he, anything, it really helps him in the run game. He looks, he's still 294 pounds. And I get the feeling that, like, watch it looking at his frame that he, he's going to struggle to add too much more mass yeah. to that. Um, just because he's more of like a springy athlete than he is a you know, a thick framed guy. Yeah. But I heard a really interesting idea the other day on a podcast where they said they, the, the, the uh, scouts were talking on the podcast, were saying that they think that he, his best chance, in the NFL is to become a center, hmm. which really intrigued me. I mean, I thought there were some questions with his consistency and his processing. Like, it just felt like yeah. he ran hot and cold a lot. And it. I felt like he was fighting against his instincts out there. Like, yeah. it, it was like he's overthinking everything and was just, like, ending up doing nothing too often. Um, which I'm not sure if that's what you want at center, but his athletic traits are like, that would be – Really cool to have it center, yeah. right? That would be a lot of fun. Um, So that was just an interesting thought, and I can kind of get on board with that if you're going to take him in the sixth round or something and say, hey, we, we want you to be a center. Training starts today. Um, I could get behind the idea of that, but um I, I struggle with keeping him at tackle and, and even guard. I struggle with the idea of him. You know, having to take on the interior guys at, at his his size, strength profile. Um, and I mean, he's six four; he's tall, but he's like he's built like a power forward. You know, like he's yeah. he, he's he's not built like a like a a brick house like you want to see. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that athleticism in space would be cool. A to guard too, because he can he can get out and he can move, and that's where he's best. Um, the thing that really made me struggle with him is he, you know, there's some offensive linemen, like uh, one of the guys we talked about earlier, uh, the guy out of LSU. um, Bradford. Yeah. Anthony Bradford, like who their thing is absorbing contact, right? Like Darnell writes like that too.
1: Like yeah,
2: they can just take whatever you're throwing at them and just it's gone. You know, it doesn't impact them. And that's how I feel like Braden Daniels plays, but he doesn't have that magic ability to just take in the force and not be thrown back.
1: Yeah. No, I, I think that's an interesting way to put it. And I honestly kind of agree with it. Like there are too many times on tape that I saw uh where, you know, he absorbs the contact and, you know, if you're strong enough, then you can, you know, you can do that. Like you mentioned two guys like Bradford, like, you know, and Darnell Wright, especially he can, you know, absorb that contact and he's strong enough in his anchor and just in general corn stable enough to be able to stay upright and prevent guys from pushing the pocket against him. I don't think Daniels is there yet. So definitely a lot of room for improvement. I think the center thing's definitely interesting. Uh, I have him as a guard personally, because I, you know, I, I really like the athleticism that he could bring there, but, I think if you do want to move them at center, I think there's validity there for sure. So uh and yeah, that's that that's all we got. That's our offensive line round two. I say that's all we got, but we've been running for over an hour. So we got you know plenty (laughs) of plenty of good uh hog molly content for you guys. I hope you uh hope you all enjoyed and uh you know I certainly did because I think that this is a good year for the bears to need offensive linemen. Cause there are a lot of really talented dudes this year. Yeah, no, it's uh,
2: holes planned it great. <laughs> <laughs> All this need on the offensive line, right. When it's coming through the draft, you know um, but seriously, I'm, I'm excited to keep talking offensive line. I love watching these guys and I love talking about them. It's a, uh, it's an art.
1: Yeah, not 100%. So Yeah, no, again, thank you all for watching. Uh, Make sure to stay tuned to Second City Gridiron. We're going to have a lot more draft content through Building the Board and all of our our other uh, podcasts we've got coming up. So, yeah, stay tuned for that, and thank you for watching.